Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Andrea, I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so thankful for you. I just want to start this podcast by saying that God loves you, that He sees you, that He has a plan for your life. And this season, we're talking about our stories and how God is so purposeful. He's so intentional in the midst of our journeys and how we can keep our eyes focused on Him. And I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Nancy Hannon. Oh my goodness, Nancy, our stories really go a pretty good ways back. We do. Um, God has connected us at different levels, different ways. But first, let's just say welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's awesome to be here. So tell us about you. Tell us about your family and a little bit about your story. Sure. We have been in Conway since 1998. Um, I met my husband, Michael, when we were students at Washita. He played football there. I'm from the big town of Bismarck, so I didn't go far from home from there. But we have two grown sons. Jake is 29 and Josh is 25. I've been on staff at First Baptist since 2007. I did children's ministry for a long time. I was a volunteer for a while, and then I was the children's minister for 11 years. So I have 18 years of children's ministry kind of under my belt, but I retired from that in 2018, and I have been the director of connections and the director of women's ministry since then. Oh, my goodness, and we're going to get into all of that because it's been quite a journey. Oh, my goodness, one that I would have never (laughs) expected. I... And I am someone who is sitting in a seat that I never expected to sit in. And that's exciting to know that God has plans for us that are bigger, you know, better, that are just beyond what we can even imagine or what we can create for ourselves. And we'll get to that. And you're going to be so encouraged by Nancy's story. But first, let's go back um, and think about, like, just how you met the Lord, a little bit about your spiritual formation. Sure. I grew up in a little church called Prairie Bio. You know, if there's a river or a creek or a bio in the name, it tells you a lot about the church. And it was precious small church but just such a great wholesome church family it was kind of like growing up in Mayberry Um, I accepted the Lord um, when I was nine years old and it was a little bit of fire insurance I think the thing that I understood was what I did not want Um, we had just watched a thief in the night and a distant thunder and you know those great 70s movies that scared you into the (laughs) altar so I um, accepted Christ when I was nine um, and then, you know, I, I followed the Lord until I kind of didn't follow the Lord. And so my, my journey in my late teenage years and early college years, you know, I ended up at Washtenaw, which was such a huge blessing. My dad had gotten sick, and so I had these dreams that I wanted to get far away from my little hometown, but... Um, because I wanted to be closer to him just in case, um, I ended up at Washtenaw, which was such a huge game changer. I mean, I, I can really see how God was directing my path at that time. But um, through my time at Washtenaw, I really was able to learn more, um, I guess, doctrine. Um, my, my sweet little pastor was precious, but it was a little bit of the, a similar sermon every Sunday. Right, so, right. Um, so I really, I was on a path where I was, I knew who Jesus was, but my relationship with him was more of a, um, just keep out of 
hell-free card. Right, right, right. And so maybe kind of focused on the works. Maybe not not that it was a works-based salvation, but just oh, it was definitely you know, at that point because yeah. I I did not grow up, but my church did not um, really focus at all on the security of the believer. Mm. So it was very much a if you walk out of this room and you're not right with God. And so I can't tell you how many times I got saved right, because right. it was really I looked at God more of a judge than yes. as a father. Yes. So yes, it was yeah. definitely, definitely um, one of the things that I was not secure in at all. Right. So we may be jumping ahead in your story, but how did how did that transition? How did God bring you to a place of really understanding grace and then walking and living in the freedom that Christ provides? Because I think so many people grew up with that background. Yes. Yes. Well, I um, it's, it's funny. We got married um, my senior year at Washita. And then we had Jake about two years after. So we were, we were pretty young. I was almost 23 when I had Jake. And I was just, I knew when you have a child, it puts things in perspective sometimes that, wow, I've got to really get serious about this. And again, I was not secure in my faith. And Satan just used that time to bring back every bad thing that I had done. And I had done some doozies. There were, there were, there were some things that I thought, mm, if you were saved, you would never have done that. Because I had this list of what a saved person does and doesn't do and what a Christian looks like. And I didn't fit that mold all the time. I could put on a pretty face and, and fake it. But I remember looking at him, and he was probably about a month old. And, you know, those weird postpartum thoughts that you have like there's nothing he could ever do that would make me not love him and I was just going through this list of things that he could do and I remember the Lord just spoke to my heart and said if you love him that much imagine how much more I love you and for the first time in my life he became Abba, he became Father, he became Daddy. And it changes everything. When, you know, the Bible says that we love because he first loved us. And I think when, for me, that moment of overwhelming realization that, wow, he sees me, he knows me, and he still loves me, it was a game changer for me. It actually bring, kind of brings know, tears to my eyes right too. now. Because yeah. that, was, that was the moment where my heart was transformed and my relationship with Christ became less about me and more about Him. So beautiful. And such a huge transformation in our thinking, but also in our living. Absolutely. That there's freedom. Freedom yes. is a huge thing. I mean, oh my goodness. The difference in my just in my head and where my head went and I feel like that that was a time where the lies of Satan were just they were just it was shut it was stopped and I can that is that day for me is for my relationship with Christ it's before and after yes so beautiful and you know if you're listening today and maybe you need to have that kind of um, you know, day in your life, just go to God's word and read it from the spe- perspective of a, of a daddy, of exactly. a father. Someone know. who sees you and knows you. And instead of looking at you with disappointment, because I just kept thinking he's got to be so disappointed in me. But just know that he looks at you with compassion and he knows why you feel the way you do. It's 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 life changing. So good. That demonstrated love. He is yes, love and he, he demonstrated is. his love while we were broken. While Absolute, we were knowing, all messed up. Yes. Knowing who we are. Amen. So good. Okay, thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. All right, let's talk about a challenging season in your life or maybe just a challenging thought process that sure. you had to walk through during your journey. Sure. 
Well, I'm an only child. Um, my dad and was a recovered alcoholic, and he and my mom had actually split up. And so she, he realized, wow, she's not coming back. Um, and they had never been able to have children. Um, so he was trying to quit drinking on his own, and he was driving through Hot Springs, and he started shaking, and he just realized, I can't do this. So he gave his life to the Lord in the car, drove himself to a place and basically dried out, went through rehabilitation. Uh, He and my mom got back together, and long story short, a couple of years later, there was me. So I always knew that I was not just special, but for him, I was proof of God blessing him after he kind of got his life together and so I was not spoiled I don't believe we we were just country people you know there was not a lot of material possessions but my goodness they loved me so much and being an only child my biggest fear when I was growing up was losing them of being alone so when I again I my dad had gotten sick when I was in high school. Well, he died on Father's Day of 1999, which was horrible, but it was it was to the point where we were praying, oh, Lord, take him. I mean, his suffering was so bad, and it just was no life. So that was devastating. But then a couple of months later, we found out my mom had pancreatic cancer. And so she actually died eight months to the day after my dad. And, you know, I was married. I had two boys by then. Um, The fear of being alone was not there as much, but it was devastating. I mean, they were for, you know, my whole life up until I met Michael, they were kind of my everything. And I still talk to my mom every day and just really, really close. And when I lost mom, I think it, it sent me into a tailspin. I, I had time to think about Dad and, and, and watch and, and know that this the suffering being over was for the best. But when, when I lost Mom, it really just knocked my legs out from under me. I had so many people, though, that God used that they didn't even realize it. And still to this day, it's amazing how God places people in my life. No one will ever replace my parents. But I think... Being able to face kind of your biggest fear and what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, if you would ask me that when I was growing up, it would be, well, something would happen to my parents. And being able to face your biggest fear and then see that God is faithful. And while there's no way that anyone could ever take the place of them, he has put people in our lives that have mentored and loved us just in such big ways. And so for me, every time, you know, a sweet older woman loves on me or gives me advice it's a it's it's a pat from God saying I see you I know you need this and so that was a challenge but for me it's also the time when my faith grew probably the fastest because again I understood that that Abba that daddy that I see you I know what you need and I'm going to meet those needs that's so good and you know sometimes I think our 
fear can paralyze us. Absolutely. You know, it, our thinking, even our spiritual progress and um, stepping out in faith and obedience. And as God brought you through that, you had the opportunity to know him for who he is and yes. how he faithfully works. Absolutely. And then that's the freedom of walking in the victory of Christ. Yes. You know, and knowing that you're going to see your parents again. Absolutely. And to have that Absolutely. reunion. And, and the fact that life was still moving forward. It did. You know, when you're in the middle of grief, you kind of want to curl up into a ball and want to take a time out. And the world just continues to move. And like I said, God just placed people in my path. I was working at Axiom at the time, which is not a place where you would think that a whole lot of ministry would happen. But oh, goodness, the people there just stepped in and God used them in ways that you know, I've tried to go back and say thank you, but just ways that sometimes you don't even realize how God is using you. And so that takes us forward in your story yes. because you were at Axiom when you started volunteering in the church yes. and that led to a pretty significant faith step. So oh tell us about goodness. that. So again, we have two boys and um, at the t- when we started going to Conway's First Baptist, once you hit kindergarten, you came into, you know, big church. I've got, I'm making quotes here. Yes. Big church. Yes. Um, and Jake, our oldest, was um, very active. You know, he was a boy. And um, Michael's brother, Sam, is actually on staff at Fellowship Bible Church up in northwest Arkansas. And when we, when we would go up and visit them, they had this amazing children's worship. And Jake would come back telling us all about it. So I remember after a particularly difficult day in the balcony where he almost went over the the side. um, I'm laughing because I know you're Jake. (laughs) Yes, yes. And anyway, I I saw one of our pastors in the hall and I had those, you know, kind of crazy mama eyes. And I said, look, if there's ever a time where you ever think about putting some sort of children's church together, we are in. We We would love to help. And he said, well, as a matter of fact, we just hired a children's minister. So that was the day that we volunteered for children's ministry. And over the next several years, um, Daniel Carnahan, who was our children's minister at the time, created a program called WAVE. It was a really wonderful children's worship service. It was very interactive. And so we got to be kind of like the Christian Sonny and Cher. We were the hosts and Michael was the funny one and I was the straight one. And we had such a really fun rapport on stage. We had never done anything like that. Like I said, we worked at Axiom. So I had done technical presentations, but never any kind of acting or dramatic type things. So we got on stage and we were like, wow, like we can connect with these kids. So for us, it became such an awesome way for us to talk about Jesus with our our own children. And we just got so much joy out of serving. That was, that was probably the biggest thing that we were like, this, like, this is fun and we're actually serving God. So fast forward a couple of years, Daniel had gone to um, help with a church plant out in Las Vegas of all places. And so different people, different volunteers were um, overseeing different parts of the children's ministry. So Michael and I were overseeing WAVE. And so once a month, we would meet with our pastor. We'd go out to eat lunch, and he would ask how it was going, what can we do to support you. Um, So after about three months of this, we were on our way back to the church. And I remember this day is so clear. Um, We were in Michael's truck, and Michael and our pastor Dale were in the front seat, and I was in the back. 
And he said, well, I want you guys to be praying about something. We were almost back to the church, and I was thinking to myself, oh, good, they found somebody. You know, because I was doing this on top of a pretty significant job at Axiom. I had lots of responsibilities and worked lots of hours there. So I was coming into the church later at night to, to take care of these things. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And he said, I really want you guys to pray about Nancy coming on staff as our children's minister. Oh, my. Andrea, <laughs> I couldn't speak. I couldn't think. I think I think the words that I said were, do you know me? Like, <laughs> I have never felt, at, at the same time, I felt so excited and humbled, but at the exact same time, terrified. Right. Because it's one thing to be a part of a ministry, but to put the word children's minister, like minister. I was thinking to myself, wow, if I go nuts at a ball game, instead of saying local Conway woman ejected from game, it would be like, oh, local children's minister gets kicked out. You know, it just makes you think about your life and the responsibility of your witness. So of course, as he does, Satan could just kept on and like he did when I was younger, reminding me of all the things that make me just, not just unworthy, but like incompatible with ministry. Like God can never use somebody like you. And in our home group, we were going through the life of David. And I remember one night reading through my scriptures and really praying over it and thinking, you know what? David did some things. You know, David made some mistakes. And look how God used David. And um, the scripture in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 that says, For my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And so I stepped out in faith and said, Okay, I'll do it. And I was terrified. But I also see, looking back at some of the things that happened to me at Axiom, leading people and working with clients and just the different responsibilities and project management, just the things that had happened there, I see how God was using that to prepare me for children's ministry of all things. So I guess for me, the biggest thing is you never know what God is preparing you for. And sometimes it's things that you would never, I would never have applied. Like if they had put that out there, I would never have applied. Um, So for me, that was probably the biggest step in faith that I ever took. In that moment in the car, I just love to envision that because I know you and I've had the chance to get to know you over the years, that kind of a little bit of a crisis moment where you're going, oh my goodness, but not allowing that to define you. Right. You know, and you have been a person who has spoken truth into my life in so many ways and it would usually be at a ball game, (laughs) you know, and um, or, you know, when I was, uh, we are not members of Conway First, but my son would come to your children's program there. Uh, he had a good friend, Baker, and Jake and Baker. Bake and Jake. Yes, they were <laughs> famous and infamous. And we were able to develop a friendship through that. Right. And so just seeing you walk out that calling and walk out that gifting, knowing the backstory, that encourages me, that inspires me. And I just love how God often is doing something so much more than what we can see. And so as he was calling you out in faith, he was positioning you to be in the lives of these parents and these children to, you know, just pour faith into them. And my family has been touched and changed. So if we can just do anything but just encourage and applaud one another in our faith journeys to say, do not 
settle. Do not settle for less than you know God's best in your in your calling, in your journey, in that faith adventure. Because it's not only going to impact you; it's going to impact that person that God allows you to rub shoulders with. And Absolutely. my family has been blessed by your obedience. Well, thank you so much. That, I love that, that. That means a lot to me. You know, one of the things that has shifted in me is that when I first got hired, I thought, okay, well, I will do children's ministry, but I'm, I'm no minister. I'm not a minister. And now I understand that if we are followers of Christ, we're all ministers. We're That's all right. in ministry. And so it doesn't matter whether you work for a church or not. That doesn't define ministry. Ministry is understanding your calling, understanding your giftings, and living out your life in a way that really is not so much about yourself anymore. That allows you to have courage when you don't think about yourself, when you think about the other people that God has placed in your path that you might be able to impact. It's just such a, it's a shift and it's such a blessing. Yes. Yes. And I love that idea of courage because God gives us the ability in our inability. He does make us strong. And then that just encourages the next person to step out and fight. So it's so beautiful. So beautiful. So thank Thank you, Nancy, for that. Okay. So I have one more question for you. Well, actually two, because we're doing good on time. The next one that I really am curious about is, and this may take us into the women's ministry or the connections ministry question. What is God doing in your life right now? Yes. Well, when my children got out of college, I realized, you know, it might be time for me to step away from children's ministry. So I, I, I went in and, and tried to resign, and Dale basically said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so he's, he is such an encourager for me. Um, he values my voice, I guess, and values the, the voice of a woman. So he asked me to stay on staff as... Um, director of women's ministry, which I was kind of doing that a little bit on the side too. Um, but he uh, put me in as, a, it's, I'm called the director of connections. Basically, I'm the welcome wagon. You know, <laughs> the assimilation, the it, welcome, yes. bring them in, on get them in, connected. Absolutely, get yeah. them connected. And it's really a, a new position. And so I've really been thinking and praying about what that looks like. And a couple of years ago, I was praying, I'm, I'm a big believer in long-range planning. So, like, right now, we're, we're about to meet to, talk, to just plan out 2022. Like, let's put it on paper, let's get it on a calendar, that way we can think about it and prepare for it. So, I was doing that a couple of years ago, and when I would pray, um, this song kept coming into my mind. When Jake was little, um, he had a lisp, and so one of his favorite songs was, I'm in the Lord's Army. And when it talks about shoot the artillery, he would go thoot the artillery. And I just kept seeing him going thoot the artillery. And I was like, what does that mean, Lord? And I think for so long, we have been focused on church and coming to church and being at church. And what are we doing at church? And how can we reach and teach? And it's very, very important. But the Lord gave me this picture of, of we're an army. Like the battle is outside these church doors. So I think right now, the thing that I'm thinking about the most and I'm challenged the most is how do we equip women to go out into their homes, their schools, their jobs, with their friends? How do we equip women to go out where the battle 
for lives and for souls and for just life in general. How can we be a part of that? So I'm really thinking and praying about ways that we can get women to encourage one another, but also give one another courage to go out and use their giftings. So good. So good. And that may lead us to our last question, which is what inspires you? Because that is so inspiring. And I want to say this on the microphone so that you can hear this. God is even using that vision that he is giving to you to both encourage and inform other women's ministries because oftentimes I have leaders call me and say, what are other churches doing? And I'll let them know the things that are happening at Conway First or other churches across the state of how can we get out into the community? How can we get, and one idea that you had was let the women check out the Bible studies from the church, take them and host a Bible study in their home. That's beautiful. That has been a really big thing for us during COVID because you don't want, you know, a hundred people coming into a room. So we have all of these books and and studies and even it's just so easy to find. You can do a book study together, but we have small groups of women who have gone out and maybe taken their their circle, but then opened it up to people who live in their neighborhood or people that they, they're they do sports teams with, whatever. And having small groups of women meet in homes or in neighborhoods, wherever, and to take it out of just coming to the church and doing it there. Let's take it out and let's reach people. So good. So good. Okay, so as we wrap it up, because we're at a live event, <laughs> they're on a break and it's getting, and it's getting loud, loud here. What inspires Nancy? What inspires you? Well, I love people. I'm a people watcher. And for me getting to do children's ministry all those years and now being able to walk alongside women, watching the way that we lean into one another. We have recently had a tragedy at our church. We, um, One of our sweet young couples lost a three-month-old baby, and it has been gut-wrenching. There's just there's no good answer for it. And I have seen people buy garbage bags to make sure that their trash was taken out to make sure that, um, bring food, I mean, that's kind of an obvious, easy one, but the way that people have just reached in and leaned in, in times when it's not comfortable, um, but also in joyous times, you know, when, when people need help with a wedding or senior night for football, right? seeing the way that people use their giftings has been such a joy for me, you know, for for years I got to be Michael and I were kind of like the favorite aunt and uncle you know we would get to go to ball games and cheer them on it's like oh look Mr. Michael and Miss Nancy are there so I think the thing that inspires me the most is seeing God work in the lives of people and then seeing people's reaction to the realization that God is using them yes that's a big deal so good so good well Nancy thank you for joining us I love you. I'm so thankful for you. And it has been great for me to hear some of your backstory. And I know that there's so much that God has ahead. So it is my joy just to celebrate what God has done, what he is doing, and what he's going to continue to do in and through you for his glory. So thanks for joining us Thank today. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. And I hope all of you have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.